Matt, big news tonight. I think it's tonight, at least, uh, so my son told me, is that Travis Scott will be doing a concert <laughs> in Fortnite. So, a couple questions for you. One, yes. uh, if if you or your children are, are in Fortnite when he's playing the concert, are they gaming or are they attending a concert? That's my first question for you. <laughs> I thought the first question was going to be, who is Travis? Travis, what's this? Travis Knight? Oh, did I say Travis, Travis Knight? Scott. Oh, gosh. No, no, no. Oh, <laughs> no, it's even worse. I don't know who either one of them I just, are. I think Travis Knight was a, like a football player or something. I just made up. Travis Scott. Man, now I'm looking. That makes No, me you probably bad. said it right. Did I don't I? know who either one of them are. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so Travis. the answer is, the answer is, uh, we will. Um, I, I I have been playing a little bit of Fortnite with mm-hmm. uh, with With my youngest. Yeah. And uh, I've seen this Travis Scott skin. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I'm I'm well versed in the idea of um, people are spending money to have funny hats mm-hmm. and backpacks with gingerbread men in them and a skin of a. Uh, rapper i've never heard of i'm sorry um but apparently he's famous and i don't know what a the live concert thing looks like i'm guessing it's some sort of creative mode um you know i i'm I'm all for it i I like the idea of you know having some digital avatar playing over a soundtrack of canned music while people in the audience hit each other with pickaxes sounds great (laughs) (laughs) well that would be the uh I was going to say the Fortnite mosh pit may be a very violent place. Exactly, right? Extremely right? violent. Well, well I, I like that. I, I, I wish – I mean I, I was never into Second Life, but they probably need more pickaxes. Yeah. Well, my thought here is – well, one, uh, not knowing who Travis Scott is, so we're looking bad. I don't really know who he is other than – I guess I have heard some of his music. And I think he uh, is you know, married to or dates one of the Kardashians. But I was thinking – you know, won't go back to our youth, but there was a time – there was the the Second Life movement. Do you remember Second Life? Right? There was this idea, and I don't think they ever had a pop star like this or you know major celebrity to do it, but there were attempts to do conferences in Second Life. And at that I, time, I, there I was – I just remember pop. that you know, they, the skins were not as advanced as Fortnite, so I don't want to like you – know, I'm not putting Second Life and Fortnite on the same playing field other than – they're kind of. They both have virtual worlds. Second Life did not have a violent game that I know about. But you can like make yourself into like a cat on Second Life. Oh. And I remember, like people attending the conferences and like someone showing me the screen, and there were like all these people with like cat heads. And but there was like they were giving like a technical <laughs> conference. It was like someone was giving some kind of talk. And so of course I always remember that as sort of the apex of Second Life. Like after that, I don't know what happened. I think a lot of companies had like the, like worlds in it, and then just sort of. You know, I don't know, trailed off into obscure uh, tech uh, history. Um, so I'm well, wondering, like, will we look back at this Travis Scott concert uh, as being like the apex of this Fortnite craziness, or is this like a new thing? This is like a legit well, new thing that we need to understand. So, so, so two things. First off, uh, this isn't the first concert in in uh, Fortnite. True. I, I know. I think Dead Mouse had one. Yes. Um, and I think someone uh, told me marshmallows. marshmallows yeah. 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 Uh huh. And, and and so my 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 ten year old did say ask me if I watched the marshmallow one and I said, um, you've seen me play second li- or uh, Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> I first off I can't seem to log in without him there. So you know I already have enough problems as it is, let alone watching some pop star who I don't have a strong interest in. Um, secondly, uh, from from my my instant googling, um, the uh, second second life. 
had at least two concerts. Oh, it did. You two. Wow. Yeah, you 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 two performed once. Really? Of course. Yeah. I take yeah. it back then. I need to apologize. I did not realize. <laughs> I did not. I did not do proper show prep. I don't. I didn't remember anything like that. Had you two? Who else? Uh, Rihanna. So okay. um, apparently, like 2007 ish, that was a thing. Um, not 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 Rihanna was a thing, but like having concerts in Second Life. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, obviously she's isn't she's stuck like, around. Isn't you two like into everything? Like they exactly. have been around since exactly. like I don't know a long time, a very long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But they seem to be the, they're just game for anything. They're like, this is yeah, a weird exactly. new thing, and they they've tried everything. Second Life. Yeah. Remember they gave away songs in the, the Apple, phones, and then it was like yeah. a total like people were very angry when they started to automatically download the songs. Yeah. They didn't want them, but you could just call yeah. up Bono and be like, hey, I got this thing. I got this started. Well, it, you want it's in? probably. It's probably their manager, right? And, and the the band's like, "What have you signed us up for?" And he's like, "You're gonna play in a submarine," you know. And they're like, "What?" what? <laughs> well, I guess credit to them. They're like digital natives. I won't say digital natives. I guess they they're willing to try new digital things. They're, they're willing, always like, they're willing to, yeah, push the edge. Um, they're not. Uh, they're probably resting on their laurels, but you know, at least they're they're moving their laurels to to new digs. <laughs> Well, the other question I have on this whole thing, because my my son, like he plays on the Switch. That's our gaming console here, at uh, you know Software Defined Talk headquarters, right? But um, so I guess I'm gonna have to ask him. I'll be like, put, he likes the Switch, but he just likes to play it like handheld. So I'm gonna have to. I guess I have to convince him. Hey, put it in the dock so that I can like see it on the TV because I want to see what this this actually looks like. Because I have I have no idea. I have no. I mean, it could be great. I have no. I just, I'm not even sure what to expect. Like if, like you said before, is it just like canned music with like an avatar playing? Is it, you know, is it like some kind of uh, well post apocalyptic concert where people are just like literally killing each other in the middle of it <laughs> and like getting well, and, uh, achievement and, and, scores for doing? So? I don't know, right? You, you, probably, probably knowing Fortnite, you get some kind of funny hat for showing up, right? Or, mm. or you get a concert T-shirt. That's what it'll be, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the 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 cute, cool thing, I guess, is uh, you know my my son pointed out while we were playing the other day. He's like, "Look over here!" And you know, we went into like some house, and up on the wall was a concert poster with the times for different uh, regions. So he's like, you know, oh, we can go catch, you know, so, you know, do you want to watch it at midnight in Australia? I was like, no. No. Right. But uh But it's just, know, it's, so, just a, it's just like a replay, right? I mean it's not like try it's I don't know. I, don't I guess know. the thing. It's like that's know. the other thing, is that you're just logging in to be in the world when they do the when they play the concert or you know, that's the other part. I I, I guess I want to know more. I just want to know like what so that's why I'm gonna try to watch it. I'm gonna try to get into it. Now but where do you come down on this whole I will say, listen, I get it. Like at first I was like virtual goods. Like I had this policy, I just, you know, in my house, I was like, hey, we will pay for no virtual goods. We will never pay for real money. <laughs> right. 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 But then um, I was talked into buying the uh, Fortnite. Uh, what is it called? Like, I don't know. It's like the Game Pass thing or whatever. The battle Pass. Like, battle Pass. I was like, my son, he came to me and he made a good argument. And I was like, I actually get it now. I was like, when I'm in there, I'm like, it is kind of cool when they get, I, I, I think I see the. Um, the appeal of being able to customize your avatar and get all these cool things and get different weapons and um, you know I guess what this time they had the, what the big Marvel tie-in right they could get like a certain yep. skin um, yep. uh, Deadpool I think it was and yes. I was like you know I was actually like it's pretty cool I actually I, I didn't have any I didn't have any problem paying for it I was like yeah I get it I totally get it where do you come down waste of money and time or is it you know is it a form of entertainment that we should all just now accept 
it's both, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> like, for me, uh, I'm I'm definitely running around in the default skin. Mm-hmm. I think I've, you I've got... Bad, though, uh, right? When you're in the default skin. Oh, like, I know, I know. Everybody's like, you look stupid, right? I mean... Yeah. Well, yeah, but... Uh, I think I think I have a custom backpack Ooh, and okay. a custom gun wrap because you know I've played enough that that's what you got. I, 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 I got those things. Um, so you know I'm I'm definitely not uh, as custom as some, but you know you, kids gotta kids are gonna waste their money one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what what's what are we, what are we actually saving money for, right? I mean, it's it's to be entertained. And if it gives you a little more, um, a little more enjoyment of the game, you know, I, I'm I'm definitely going to come down hard against like spending a significant amount of money. Mm-hmm. But you know, ten bucks or whatever for you know a battle pass, and that lets him get more V bucks the more he plays, and then the V bucks can be used to buy skins. So you know, he's happy. I think you know, right now. We're just trying to get through every day without a major fight, and I'm—I I gotta be honest with you—we're not batting 500. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm with you on the, uh, and I think maybe this is kudos to the Fortnite um, product management, sales, design, game designers, all of them. Is they—they they did find a great price point where you're like, as a parent, you're like ten bucks, and by I think it's like three or four months. Although my son said they're extending this uh, the season or whatever it is till June because. Uh, well, probably because of all the yeah. all the stuff that's going on, and uh, I was like, yeah, you know, ten bucks. It's just it's just the right. It's it's enough money where you're like, okay, I want you to ask me, but it isn't so much money that you're like, Ugh, I got to really investigate this. So it's a good price point. And I can see why Fortnite makes so much money. I'm just like, this is a great. I mean, it's just a great great idea. So kudos to them. I mean, just you know, credit I mean, to them for figuring it all out. I was I was happier about you know shelling out for a Fortnite battle pass than. My son wanting an NBA season pass, you yeah. know, for the NBA TV dot com because, mm-hmm. you know, it's he got like the rest of the season pass about a month before they shut it down. Oh, <laughs> no refunds, I assume. Uh, I, well, you know, they're, Credits, they're, maybe? Like, they're like, well, we don't know what we're doing. Nobody knows what we're doing. Yeah, I guess the NBA right? doesn't yeah. know. They have to wait and see. Like when the NBA makes a decision, then they can make some decision. So Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, everyone's kind of making it up as they go. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I had a, a concert I was going to, you know, they got postponed. And then I saw in uh, in the U.S. Um, Ticketmaster, like, postponed a whole bunch of events. Mm-hmm. And after the fact, changed their policy, um, their refund policy. Oh. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, the, the show, uh, the concert I was going, I had tickets to, it was postponed. But I was like, just give me my money back. You know, I, you know, you might go bankrupt in the meantime. I don't need you holding on to, you know, my hundred dollars. Um, I'll buy rebuy tickets if, if and when the, you know, concerts ever start up again. Uh, so, you know, in these, uh, in these interesting times, uh, hold on to your money if you can. <laughs> well said. Well said. Well, listen, this concludes. Uh, I mean, we're obviously expert gamers, so uh, we do have a, we're going to have an ad here from a new. Uh, 
uh, sponsor uh, Strong DM. So we'll hear from him in a little bit. But listen, we're pretty much expert gamers. We're open to gaming, you know, uh, funding, and you know, we could probably be sponsored as professional Fortnite players. So if anyone wants to do that, <laughs> uh, just 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 email us. We'll uh, we'll jump right in, and I'm sure we'll you know we'll dominate all the small children on Fortnite, and I'm sure we'll win every battle oh, and never lose. Well, right? that, that that's the problem is is you know I'm basically playing with my my ten year old and his other 10 year old friends, mm-hmm. right? All the, the year four, year five kids. And, uh, I hold my own, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, there, there's, there's one or two kids who, I don't know, I feel kind of bad. They're on always online. Yeah, and they're good. <laughs> so you're kind of like, you know, they're like, Oh, you know, this kid, this fourth grader is level 160 and, you know, he's been, he plays, you know, six or seven hours a day. Mm-hmm. And, and awesome. uh, yeah, he, he's awesome. Um, I hope, uh, you know, We'll see. We'll see. Right. We'll, we'll see what his future is. He'll probably go on to be, you know, a multi-million-dollar gamer. So we'll, we'll we'll let him do that. But listen, there was some other news this week, believe it or not. Uh, and I thought, you know, I debated. We debated about putting this one in the show, but I felt like uh, Mark Andreessen has written uh, mm. an essay, an op-ed, if you will. It's it's called "It's Time to Build." So, you know, I felt like this was a little too mainstream for us. But then I thought, you know, Matt, we do have a take on this. So if you haven't read it. I'm going to summarize it in one sentence. It's basically a call to action, mostly I think just for the United States, right, uh, around this idea that we need to build more things, I guess, within this country and that we've lost our capacity to do it. So my take on this is a couple of things. Like one thing I saw a lot of people doing was critiquing Mark Andreessen for writing this because uh, and saying something like it would be better if – this message came from someone who essentially didn't fund social media, right? I saw a lot of these takes. This seemed to be like one of the, the you know, I don't know if it's a personal attack. I think it's just sort of like, you know, attacking the messenger, not the message. So the one thing I don't like about that was I feel like people on this idea of like, you know, when they attack social media, what they're kind of missing out on is that social media has provided this way to, if you will, micro segment and target audiences. And if you think about selling any type of product, it comes back to finding a way to connect to users that ultimately will be interested in your specific product. So, you know, we you can have an opinion about social media in any way, right? And you can like it or not like it. But I think this idea that, like, it isn't an incredibly powerful set of tools to identify audiences and, if you will, market to them or make them aware of any type of product or service, I think really kind of just trivializes like all of that together. And I think if you think about it, you know, all of us ultimately are working on some type of product or service that we want to promote to people who we think are interested in it so that hopefully they either buy, subscribe, or, you know, uh, do something with it. And that could be, you know, us like talking about technology products, or it can just be, you know, a college trying to market a course, right. Or, or things like that. So I think, you know, Again, you can have an opinion about you know social media if you don't like it, but I think it's it's very like the analogy I would draw would be television, right? I don't think anyone's mad. ESPN aggregates an audience based on sports. Advertisers that want to reach that demographic then buy ads on those sports, and again, it's very powerful, and and I think that's that's fine. So again, you may not like TV, you may not like these things, but I think. Uh, you know, I, I guess I would summarize this by saying, like, don't trivialize how hard it is to, you know, if you will, find a group of people that you're trying that people want to advertise to and aggregating that and finding a cost effective way for people to you know, reach them. I think that is like an important part. So that's why I think, you know, people sort of attacked them 
I don't like that that way that line of attack on him because I think it is maybe more influential than they will say. Now, having said all that, <laughs> the other side of that is I think it's fine to like put out the idea that we should build more. But I will say that I felt like the entire article at the end of it, he does like what I like to think of like this executive gaslighting kind of thing. Like he says, like we should build. And then at the end, he says something like, I expect to be attacked for this, but I would, you know, he basically says, don't attack me, think of ways to build. And so, and I feel, and the reason I kind of call that executive gaslighting is I see people do this all the time where somebody in a position of power will make some statement, right? That is probably, it's, it's not even something you necessarily want to argue with, but they'll leave out all the details. Like we want to be number one in the market, or we want to be the biggest most successful company in our specific area that's ever existed. And, and that's fine when people say that. But then if anyone asks questions like, like how would we do that? What are our natural strengths to do that? Um, I have, I'm not sure that we are positioned to do that. Like just asking any of these questions to these people in power, they, they sort of like use this method of like, you don't get it. You're not on board. That's what I hired you for. Like you hear all these different things. And so I feel like that's kind of what he did in this article. Like one, it's like, I don't think he's even – really clear about what he means when he says like what we should be building and then two <laughs> the other part i didn't like was you know i think he just la- he doesn't address like let's just say for example if we're supposed to build physical products right yeah i think i don't think he addresses like sort of like the larger economic conditions like well i mean up until maybe recently it just hasn't ever been profitable to build a lot of things in the united states right the global ecosystem and supply chain has been set up such that like it is just not cost effective to build a lot of this, at least in locally, right? And so that may be changing, and that's fine to say that. But just to kind of trivialize, well, like, hey, there's a whole reason people have moved, if you will, manufacturing of goods to other places. And to just kind of, like, leave that out, like, this is an exercise for the reader to figure out, I think just misses the point, right? So I just – so I don't like well, this. And again, and I'll just summarize it just, like, around this idea that, you know – and it's fine to put out an idea at the end and say, like, I want to work with you or like, I, I don't have all the answers. I'm going to do it. But I just think where it's like, don't attack me. Right. And don't ask any hard questions, because I think, you know, certainly when he funds companies, I bet you ask lots of hard questions. Like if I walked in there and you and I, Matt, walked in there like we're going to re- reshape IT monitoring forever. Right. He would ask us a <laughs> lot of questions about why why he thinks that's possible. And I think that would be fair, just like I think it is fair for him to question him to say, well, you've put this out there, but what specifically are you saying? And how are you addressing all these kind of more systemic issues that have gotten us into this place? So that is my hot take on it's time to build. <laughs> well, I, I think, I think within that essay, uh, my, my first kind of read of it was, I was like, Oh, you know, Scandinavian descendant wants to return to Scandinavian socialist <laughs> values. You know, I, I, and, and, and as a child of Norwegians, uh, you know, or you know, Norwegian heritage, like I get it, right? You just hear me out. If you invest in uh, education and healthcare, uh, eventually it pays off, right? So, so most of those charts with uh, like you know best GDP and best healthcare, and it's always like you know Norway and Sweden and Denmark, and you know they're all they're all doing pretty well. And um, but the key is like they don't look at they don't look at government as uh, a parasite. Uh, they don't think that, uh, you know, it needs to be drowned in a bathtub. Um, and <clears throat> unfortunately, like a lot of the investments that have been made, um, you know, by A16Z and others have really detached um, the value produced away from people. 
And by disaggregating uh, any need to invest in people, it's kind of like, you know, hey, um, it's hard to build up a middle class if, you know, you completely undermine a lot of middle class jobs um, or, you know, things that used to provide value. Um, I mean, here in, in Australia, they have a, a very high minimum wage. Um, people, you know, live there's a, a very large middle class. You have, you know, bus drivers who, you know, send their kids to private school. You know, it's it's a lot more um, egalitarian. And, you know, I mean, one of the things that's kind of come out in this and uh, in, in the current state of the world is you know, Australia has actually done fairly well for themselves. Um, you know, the healthcare you know, uh, took the brunt of, of everything really fast. Um, you know, the economy is bouncing back. Uh, a lot of people are, you know, unemployed, but um, <clears throat> they they have uh, fairly decent benefits, and <clears throat> and they will probably recover faster than some places. Um, you know, they're going to get a hard, hit hard on things like tourism, um, but you know, Australia at least is fairly resilient. And so he he makes he says things like, you know, we need to invest in education and healthcare and infrastructure and. Absolutely. You know, I, I think if you were trying to build up a country, that's actually how you would do it. You know, he makes reference to Singapore. It's like, that's exactly what they did, right? They invested in, you know, healthcare and education and, and uh, uh, housing for, for all their people. Um, and, you know, a lot of Americans call that socialism. Mm -hmm. uh, but here we are, um, where, you know, the U.S. is uh, number one <laughs> in a lot of dubious categories. And uh, continuing to, uh, uh, you know, snafu their way forward. Um, so, you know, he, he, he makes reference to it. Um, I think I think the reality is, you know, a lot of people are kind of waking up and realizing how rickety the, the U.S. economic model is. I mean, it is really about maximizing profits at the expense of everything. And... You know, I think the criticism that he gets is the fact that, yeah, he's helped on that. You know, companies uh, like, you know, like Uber, um, you know, with some fairly uh, antagonistic worker um, policies. You know, I think, uh, you know, some things like Airbnb, a little less malevolent, um, you know, but uh, as soon as the economy kind of turned down, you know, uh, the, the housing market was flooded with Airbnb houses up for sale. So, um you know, it's a lot of the stuff he's invested in has looked to maximize inefficiencies or, you know, the, the arbitrage, these inefficiencies, you know, make money off of places where there, there were. And there's value in the fact that, like, getting rid of them is good, but a lot of time it replaces them with something that, you know, has probably unintended side effects. Right. So, um, you know, I, 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 you know, I would I, – I'm actually very pro on this article, you know, despite criticizing him. Um, I think he, I think what the problem is like, he's just underselling how systemic the problems are. And unfortunately, a lot of these cannot be fixed with just software fixes. I agree. Right? And I think that's the crux of it. And I think that's, you know, maybe where we'll leave it on this one because, you know, we won't make ourselves, uh, we're not, we won't become box the weeds in politics here. But I'll just say, like, <laughs> I think that's this, the biggest thing is like, I think it's totally fair. For someone to put forth these ideas, but 
you know, if you don't address a lot of the questions and you raise a lot of them, like, what are you proposing? Like, does that mean higher taxes? You mean different investment by private industry? You know, I mean, there are a lot of questions, these things that, and if you're, if you're the one writing this, it's like, I think a lot of people do have those questions and it's completely legitimate to raise them. And I think it's fair to say like, Hey, this article sort of like lacks like some level of depth. Right. And versus like really trying to put forth like, here's what I think we should do or at least being open to being questioned. Don't write at the end, like you need to go build now. It's like, come on. I, you know, that's just like the executive saying, well, you guys go figure it out. Or if, uh, and to put it in our world, if uh, an impossible uh, defect is raised at the scrum that no one has ever solved. And it's like, Hey Matt, just go fix it. And it's like, well, I mean, I, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, you, right. I don't know how to fix it. Right. Or like, know, if- I need some help. So. I mean, the, the the problem is like if this had come from like somebody known to be more progressive, like you know maybe Mark Mark Benioff from Salesforce or somebody, like it would have been more well received. But unfortunately for Mark Anderson, he's been like the flag bearer for this libertarian idealism of you know we can software our way out of it, and a lot of things are you know are people problems. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, we need more. You know, we need more. We need more than just an article, I guess. So. All right, yeah. listen, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it uh <laughs> we'll leave it at that. So, that's the hot take. That's the Mark Andrews and hot take this week. Um, but listen, let's uh let's get into some other stuff that's maybe I don't know, maybe less controversial, but sort of kind of interesting. Conferencing. Matt, you and I are conferencing right now. It's great, <laughs> isn't it? It's so fantastic. So, first thing that happened this week in conferencing was uh Verizon agreed to buy Blue Jeans, which is I guess a Zoom competitor that I've heard of, but I've actually never used it, which is somewhat surprising because I feel like at different times in life, I've used every conceivable conversation thing. So my question is this, uh, you know, the equivalent of like uh, fighting the last war, like, like Verizon buying blue jeans. Like I, I just kind of read this, like we will never hear from blue jeans again. Like this is a, it'll be snapped up. I guess Verizon can like, throw it into some of their other offerings but with yahoo i was like but at any moment are you like oh wow blue jeans is going to take over the world like next year at this time we're going to be talking about blue jeans and microsoft teams and zoom will have faded into the past with webex like i just i don't know it's it's one of these things where like it's because i think it's 400 million dollars you're like 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 why like what like what does verizon think they're going to do with blue jeans at this point well you know ever since uh Ever since uh, Singy, uh, Shingy left, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> um, I, I'm sure. I'm sure someone at you know at the office of the CTO at Verizon has a big plan, right? And they're like, "Here's what we need to do to pivot Verizon into this you know future of media company, where you know we are talked about you know as as a you know healthy competitor to." Um, I don't know, to Bing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so, so they, they've gobbled up a bunch of little, I mean, not little, but obviously 400 million is not little, little, but they've gobbled up, you know, a fair number of web properties and, you know, they spun some of them back out and merged some of them together. It's probably somebody has a strategy where they're like, if we do these things, you know, here's how we make a return on investment. I like to be optimistic with <laughs> when it comes to strategies. I like to think that somebody you are you are like, very optimistic yeah. at this one. I will say because they knew the new Verizon CEO, from what I can tell, he is basically sold off or spun out or is in the process of all that Yahoo, AOL, all that. Oh, so, being, so so my strategy idea is, is well, no, totally that part's wrong. being unwound, but I think this part is sort of the telecom group being like, yeah, this is like a telecom kind of service 
that we should be offering. And I, I understand, like, I'm sure in the room it was like, well, we'll just cross sell this with our other data services that we sell to large corporations and, you know, blue jeans will be a natural fit. And I'm like, no, I, de- I definitely, if I was in the room, I'd be like, that's definitely not going to happen. No one that's, that buys the, uh, if you will, the data services and the networking and the bandwidth for their company also makes the decision for the conferencing. I don't still think that, that maybe they can throw it in, but then if you throw it in for free, then it's like, what have you, like, again, have you made any new money? And, and of course, I think people will just complain that they're not using the more popular alternative that they're all familiar with. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, Cisco's WebEx. <laughs> right. I mean, it's the same kind of thing, right? It's, it's, it's a very similar kind of thing. But at least WebEx, I think WebEx there was – now, WebEx got bought by Cisco for a lot more. But it feels like WebEx had a good run there. Like, they were, they were Zoom before Zoom. In fact, the Zoom founder came from WebEx, so – Blue jeans, yeah. I don't know. And, so, and there was a natural fit, you know, Cisco with the networking gear. I think, don't they own uh, one of the companies that makes uh, the tabletop, uh, yeah, um, you know, like, the room, co- the conference phones? Yeah. God, doesn't uh, that seem dated now? Like the idea that you yeah, have like so, a dedicated so next, video conferencing hardware yeah, and yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Verizon needs to buy Jabra. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know. Best of luck to blue jeans. I mean, you're right. We should, we cheer for everyone. We want everyone to be successful. We want all your strategy dreams to come true, but I, I don't know this one. I, I felt a little, uh, but now also in the realm of conferencing, I really like this article only because I like when people take things that I think, and I've never been able to put words to, and then they wrote it down. And this is more like a code segment here. The zoom fatigue is real, but they outline, when you're on video conferencing, like why it is often more draining than like meetings in person. And the fact that one that you normally you're seeing yourself and that human nature is to critique your own appearance, even if you're mm-hmm. really not trying to critique it, you just like, even now as I'm looking at you, Matt, I'm trying to like yep. look at you, but not look at myself because it distracts me. My, my fine uh, quarantine beard. And... Looking good, buddy. <laughs> looking real good there. Um, so I think that was really good. The fact that um, talking about this idea of uh, audio delay a little bit, like the, the human mind, it's a little bit more work to process. Like, are you going to talk? Am I going to talk? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's really hard. And then the idea that, you know, someone else pointed this out. Like when you're in a room, even if it's a room full of people, like, you know, when you're sort of like being looked at, like if you're speaking, everyone's looking at you, you sort of have a sense that, I'm talking and like not, you know, to like, if you will be, I don't know if it's performing, but to be sort of like in a mode of talking. But then you also know when someone else is talking that the focus of the room is somewhere else kind of gives your, if you will, your brain a chance to like rest. And then, um, but when you're just in like the big, you know, know, like Hollywood squared board, like you're, you feel like everyone's always looking at you when they're probably not, they're probably doing email or something, but like it gives you the feeling yeah. that everyone's being like that. So I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer to any of these problems are, but it just, <laughs> I just felt better because I was like, Oh, I feel like this. I feel kind of more drained. I, I feel exhausted after, you know, three or four hours of zoom calls after, in a day. I'm yeah. like, whoo, I did a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. I think Koji, this is, I want to find his article. Where he talks about like, don't turning on the video. Like it is nice to sometimes like be on the call and not be on the video. Right. If it's, especially if it's a big call well, and maybe you're just listening, it has its own yeah. problems. Right. Because then maybe no one's paying attention. And then you're like, why well, are we even here? There is that moment, but there is also like a moment of like restfulness of it all. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I come down on, on both sides of it. Like I start with my video on, I like, you know what, if we're going to have this call, let's do this. But as I get on more of these calls that just kind of drag on and on and it's like, you know, I'm not talking, I'm not the focus. Why is my camera on? You know, I'm going to, I'm going to eat a bowl of cereal with the, on mute. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to figure it out. And, and now I know, uh, a 
apparently with uh, some of the webinar software, you can you can track engagement. You can see how frequently the the webinar app was the front was the front focused app. Right. Okay. Well, right. So, so you I got to get a whole other like, computer now to have it set up for my <laughs> web meetings. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like that. You know, they they can now track whether or not you know you're in, engaged, which, um, you know, I guess as a webinar host. You, it's nice to have those metrics. I mean, you know, you you were talking about uh, marketing, being able to track everything. Um, we had a uh, internal call the other day, and you know, the mar- chief marketing officer was was talking and said, you know, they used to say that the the problem with with marketing is you know fifty percent of the money you spend is wasted, and you just don't know which fifty percent. He said it's not the case anymore. We know exactly, you know, because of the level of tracking of everything they do digitally, they know you know, with, with a lot higher confidence, what the level of engagement with the content they create, and then they can, you know, continue to invest in it. Um, and, you know, that was both good and bad, you know, because as you, you know, you were saying with the, the social media stuff, it's like, you know, people can find the things that they're looking for, and people trying to sell to them can find them. Um, you know, it was a little, a little shocking to hear things like, you know, we're not tracking industries anymore. We're tracking companies. We want mm-hmm. to target people from this particular bank or you know that particular, probably not an airline, but you know <laughs> that that particular company. We want to sell targeted ads to you know people at Ford Motors yeah, or something. Personalization like that. is what we're trying to get yeah. to, right? The level and, of like I want to show this kind of person because I believe this company has this specific problem. So yeah, yeah, but you know, and then on the flip side, of course, now we've got our webinar software trying to to watch us. <laughs> And, you know, the, the tech savvy folks like you and myself, well, yeah, I actually might stand up a VM and run <laughs> Zoom in it and let it just think that it's, you know, being paid attention to if, if that sort of stuff happens. And, and that there was a. Well, hold on. Probably, hold on, Matt. Matt, hold on. We're going to get to the more tracking in just a second. But I wanted to why well, I had to have your attention, because sometimes, Matt, it's really important to track what your most powerful users are doing inside of your company, right? Some would say even the people that have uh, the most control uh, in your company. And so I want to welcome in a new sponsor this week, Matt. It's Strong DM. Yes. And um, I w- what they want you to know and the, some questions they want to ask are, are you transitioning your team to work from home? Probably. Are you trying to manage a gazillion SSH keys, database pa- passwords, and Kubernetes certs? Well, I want you to meet Strong DM. Manage and audit access to servers, databases, and Kubernetes clusters, no matter where your employees are. With StrongDM, easily extend your identity provider to manage infrastructure access, automate onboarding, offboarding, and moving people within roles. Grant temporary access that automatically expires to on-call teams. Best of all, admins get a full audit trail into anything anyone does. When they connect, when, what queries they run, what commands are type, it's full visibility into everything. So for SSH, RDP, and Kubernetes, that means video replays. For databases, it's a single unified query log across all database management systems. StrongDM is used by companies like Hearst, Peloton, Betterment, Greenhouse, and SoFi to manage access. It's more control and less hassle. StrongDM, manage and audit remote access to infrastructure. Start your free 14-day trial today at strongdm.com slash sdt again that's strongdm.com slash sdt and of course we thank strongdm for sponsoring our show 
So that's an example of a great time that everybody should be uh, tracking what your most privileged users are doing. But you were about yes. to talk about Matt. I think <laughs> our friends at Splunk. What, what were yeah. they? What were they tracking? So so Splunk put out what um, was um, undoubtedly a, a very well-meaning um, post. Uh, you know, they said uh, they're introducing Splunk Remote Work Insights. You know, their their solution for work from home realities. Uh, they wanted to help you know network admins and, and IT uh, folks track things like you know how many active Zoom meetings are going on, what uh, apps are being used, what what are VPN connections doing. You know, what kind of what kind of experience our remote workers are having. But unfortunately uh, for for Splunk. Um, most people, uh, you know, not most people, a, a fair number of vocal people on Twitter looked at this and said, wow, you want to track exactly what I'm doing as I work from home because, you know, now that I'm not in an office, you don't trust me to work from home. You need to know, like, which happens in the foreground. Um, you know, what, what, you know, what am I surfing to? You know, I, now that I'm out of the building, you still want to keep tracking me. Um, and so there was, there was, uh, there was, you know, the the standard Twitter teacup uh, dust up, but uh, I, I I now see that uh, they've updated the article mm-hmm. <laughs> with a new header. It said Splunk helps customers monitor their systems, not employees, yeah. using data already inter- available from the enterprise. So, uh, yeah, I don't you know. Still... You know. When you looked at the dashboards more, I was like, when I really looked at it, it looked fairly anonymized data. Now, I'm not saying you couldn't drill down. Because I'm obviously, oh, well, Splunk, the, obviously Splunk you has, can't. Right? Yeah, I was gonna say yes. I know Splunk has all the data, but I was like, uh. so I think it was one of those. I'm gonna put this into this was like kind of a good intentions, yes. maybe bad execution here, right on the write up. Um, so you know, because I think everybody, you know, you, you get the benefit. Well, everybody's of the doing this. Yeah, yeah, and you get that. So, and I think you know, one of the things we talk about is is like it's not so much any of the software is bad. It's just about I think it's just around like letting people know. So. You know, as we just heard from our great sponsor, right? Absolutely. If I'm logging into the, as an administrator, into the most sensitive systems, like I absolutely, one, I want everyone to be tracking what I'm doing because it it helps you as an employee as much as anyone else, right? Like you want to make sure they know what you did and more importantly, that you did not do anything wrong, right? So that's like, and I think, you know, um, and when you use those types of tools, like it's usually very obvious. It's like, we're recording you now. Like, so you know, right. What's going on. I think, I think it's this middle layer. And I think the one part that like the one part that I think Splunk was really hard is I guess they started to like equate like what app was work. So then that sort of spawned this whole other discussion. Like if you're in a meeting on zoom, is that like work? Because then there's a whole nother discussion about how meetings are a waste of time and that you should be like (laughs) doing some other like deep thinking. Right. Which of course Splunk isn't going to, track if you're like reading a manual or like learning something new like that just looks like web browsing right and so um so i think that's the whole point part about all this data it's like one be upfront what you're tracking and then two like put some thought into like when you're actually um going to classify things you may not everyone may not think exactly how you think when it comes to classification yeah yeah i mean this is kind of the constant tension of you know do you trust people? <laughs> well, I think you get to it, and, right? I mean, that's, and, that's a big, bigger and, thing. And and all the unintended side effects of the software we write, yeah. right? Um, I mean, going back to Mark Andreessen and, and folks, it's like, you know, they had 
lofty goals with you know Uber and and you know all their other social media investments. You know they 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 want to bring people together. Um, you know hopefully we can trust them, but you know there's all sorts of you know. Uh, unintended side effects or, you know, turning a blind eye from the things that uh, are going wrong. Um, and, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the marketing coming out of the current COVID stuff feels super tone deaf, right? Um, I mean, you know, these Spunk folks, I, I, I'm sure they were well-intended. You know, I, nobody was like, now people can spy on their employees at home, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, maybe we can aggregate that Spunk you know, video camera footage we've been taking. You're like, wait, 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 what? You know, but um, it's as a marketer, you know, right now you have to be super careful what you send because people are, um, people are adding email filters. You know, if you put COVID-19 in a marketing email, like you're going to the spam filter. You're yeah, out. I don't care. You're out, now. I, you're, out, you're out. I don't, you know, you're not going to sell me stuff. And um, unfortunately uh, I share the same first name as, um, our comptroller, the guy who controls all of the funding for Chef, right. and our head of and our head of marketing. Ah, so you get a lot so of email. Get I get a email. lot of cold emails trying to sell me stuff, and I unsubscribe from things diligently and uh, throw them into a spam folder. And when they come back, then I you know I drop the hammer on them. But um, there's a lot of that out there, and you know I marketing people. You know, please, please stop. Uh, now's not a good time, but you know, it, now's not a good time. But also at the same time, like there are a lot of struggling businesses. It's really hard. You know, 28 million people unemployed in the U.S. You know, it's a lot of companies fighting for survival. So there's, <laughs> I don't have a lot of great answers, but uh, be careful with the marketing. That's right. And I think you know maybe that another way to think of it is like, hey, everyone has these intention of like I think a lot of times these called growth hacks. Like let's use our products and show how we can be relevant and stuff like that. And this is tricky. You gotta be really careful about to your to your earlier point about what you're doing. So all right, let's roll on. So the other thing, our I I saw this and I like almost just like took a double take. Rack space, I guess was yes. acquired by Apollo as the private equity. I guess we probably talked about that. Yeah, yeah, that was ago. a while. Ago. I mean, that was a long time yeah. ago. Well, it looks like Apollo Ready's IPO of Rackspace, and so I, I don't know in terms of the deal and obviously the financial market. Well, this came out recently, so I guess that even with all the recent financial uncertainty, they're at least you know still considering it. So, Rackspace, what's your take, Matt? Are, you, are people using it? Their managed services? Do you still see it out there? I mean, we used to have all these friends that worked there. Maybe they, maybe they're still there. I don't know what's going on with Rackspace these days. Um. My understanding is, you know, they've mostly transitioned to managed services, which was always, you know, kind of where they made a lot of their money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think uh, I assume their cloud is still up. <laughs> I was going to say, but like, they, they seem to really have that strong brand. I was at, like fanatical support and like yeah, really. Yeah. And I will say like when uh, it's been a while, but like when I had a Rackspace account, we had to do some stuff. If you called in, like you really got some sharp people. Like they really yeah, they're, they're knew definitely a lot. So I always thought like when they transitioned to managed services that that was a culture that was in the talent there. Now I don't know, maybe things have changed. Was were the type of people that could, you know, I would think would know any one of the consoles really well and be able to get yeah, in there and yeah. help you with your AWS and like set your identity access management for um, you know, 
uh, rules and but, all that. And it just, I don't know, just wrestling the AWS console. I mean, I get in there sometimes. I'm just like, I would, I would, I would like an expert with me inside this console. Yeah. that really knew it. So that part seemed really good. Now, I didn't and, know that company and, was good enough for an IPL, but I guess evidently that's it is. what I was coming back to. Right. I mean, the problem, the problem is you can make a very healthy, um, you know, managed services company, um, doing consulting, you know, but those sorts of numbers don't usually look attractive to wall street, right? Because mm-hmm. they're like, we need growth. And you're like, it's hard to really grow these things. They can be really healthy businesses throwing off, you know, lots of money for, you know, the employees and the workers there. But if you invest in it and think that, you know, Oh, managed services need to grow at, you know, 10% a year, that's really hard. Right. Because the bigger they get, the lower the quality of the product gets. I mean, that's totally overgeneralized. But, you know, when you look at managed service providers, you know, a lot of them, the bigger they get, the less focus they have on individual customers. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, you know, when you when you're a small boutique, you know, shop and you've got like, you know, five folks and you have, you know, a dozen customers, they get all the attention. Right. And, you know, you want to keep them going. And they get very, you know, you spend a lot of time with them. But when you have, you know, tens of thousands of customers and, you know, you're like, okay, well, we'll, we'll bring in our architect. We'll, we'll set up a bunch of stuff and we'll treat them just like all these other people. And then as soon as our architect's done, we'll bring in, you know, the, the tier, the, the, the new hires, <laughs> you know, the, the new hires, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the people who, um, you know, are, are here to just fill fill seats and keep that going. I've seen that a bunch of times, and you know, so which is why, like, if I'm if I'm in the enterprise, I gotta you gotta be wary of the relationship you have with your outsourcers, right? You 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 have to stay on top of them. Um, and I'm not. This is not a dig on Rackspace. Uh, you know, I've I've heard the fanatical support. Uh, I've seen a lot of very happy customers, but. Unfortunately for Rackspace, like I think they're they are uh, at the higher end of the market, so they cost a little more, mm-hmm. um, which means you know there's always going to be pressure to uh, lower their prices, which as a public company is not very attractive. And the way you lower your prices is you lower your internal costs, which means you put cheaper employees on it, which means the quality goes down. It's just a vicious cycle, right? So. If you can stay private, maybe you know, maybe you can keep that equilibrium a little, little better. But uh, good luck, Rackspace. Right, um, Rackspace, we're cheering for you. As we say all the time, we're cheering for you. We're cheering for you. Successful IPO, great. I guess they're really in San Antonio, but I like to think of them as an Austin-based company. So I want them to do well. Good luck. Good luck, Rackspace. <laughs> all right, we'll go hurry up here at the end. Get a few more in. Alibaba Cloud, Matt, you're the official general manager of uh, all of the APAC region of Software Fine Talk. <laughs> but the news here is Alibaba has invested $28 billion, that's B with a billion, into more infrastructure over the next few years. So I just, you know, this is always one place I always feel like I need to know more about Alibaba. I bet you a lot of people are using them, and I just don't see it a lot. But I don't, but I don't think it doesn't mean people aren't using it. It just means... I'm sort of in a world that is not using the people I know and the customers I talk to are not using it. But 28 billion, I mean, that is a significant. I mean, you are definitely investing with the big boys at that point. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's funny well, for me to sound skeptical. I was like, uh, 28 billion—that's a B. Yeah, over three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So we're talking, Jeez, you know, you, Mr. Financial Analyst over here. 
Well, right. You can, you can say a lot of things about, you know, over three years, you know, you can say, Oh, we're going to spend, you know, a hundred billion over, over 10 years. And it's yeah. like, yeah, we're going to start with a billion this year. Yeah, um, we could right. So, so, mm-hmm. you know, we'll check back in three years and see how Alibaba is doing. Um, you know, uh, everything I've heard is they're doing very well. Um, their, their products, uh, you know, when you see things like, you know, magic quadrants come up, they're usually well positioned. Um, apparently sometimes they're positioned at number three, uh, you know, behind AWS and Azure. Um, they're usually put in front of Oracle, but, uh, they kind of flip flop with Google. So, um, you know, that's the sort of investment you kind of have to make at that scale. Uh, unfortunately, the companies that I work with, um, and I don't see a lot of Alibaba. Um, maybe, you know, I know that uh, because they're Chinese, um, there is some questioning of the security of, you know, their data centers, um, you know, what, and, and so some of the, uh, some of the non-Chinese organizations I work with are like, no, we wouldn't put our stuff there. And other they folks did. are like, one, yeah, uh, perfectly happy. One listener did say that they thought it looks a lot like the AWS console. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that makes mm-hmm. sense. So, so I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. just why it is. It's just like you know, it's more regional, right? And we're just yeah, not, we're just yeah. not exposed to it. So, well, Alibaba, oh, I, I, that's... I can assure you, yeah, the rest of the world does not understand that. You know, uh, half half of all people are over here. More no. than yeah, no, I don't. think it's like two thirds. No, no, we don't. We don't. No one pays any attention. Yeah. two thirds just... of the world are in my time zones, people. <laughs> Um, no, nope, you're always in the wrong time zone. We're in, yeah, the, right, we're yeah. in the right time zone. All right, well, and, some other. Go ahead. Well, and and what's what's kind of interesting is uh, I, I saw um, over on uh, one of the hardware sites they had a thing about um, a Chinese x86 uh, CPU set, uh, um, and they yeah. were benchmarking them. And you know, because there's this, you know, as we've seen with with some of the the you know the uh, tariffs on tech going into China and, and restrictions. China is pushing to have kind of a their own technology yeah, ecosystem. Their whole, whole stack, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, Huawei and and uh, CPUs and stuff. And apparently, from through their uh, through partial ownership of Via, the the chip company, they have access to the x86 specs. And so they can make x86 compatible processors. And I need to find this article. It was, Essentially, like they weren't going to beat out the AMD and Intel stuff, but it was a viable competitor. And um, and with uh, ARM pulled their uh, licensing to to China because of pressure yep, from the U.S. That. government. Yeah. And so, you know, there there is a. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what's running under the covers at Alibaba. Yeah, um, it would be the whole instruction set thing. I think you know that's going to be for our uh, Christmas episode when we do talk about nothing but instruction sets. <laughs> that we're we're gonna we're, you and I can review in detail. None, no one's going to be listening, but it'll be Christmas. I can't, it'll be right. I can't wait till Christmas. It's Christmas in July. We're all we're all going to be in on it. So all right, a couple other quick hitters. We'll get in here. Uh, AWS launched uh, Amazon AppFlow. It's the new SaaS integration service. I actually thought this was cool. It basically was a way to export data from supported SaaS systems into AWS. And as someone who has been asked so many millions of times, is can I ac- export the data from the system to do my own reporting? I, I was like, yeah, like the world needs this. I don't know how many SaaS providers will embrace it because of course it is putting the data in Amazon, but 
you know, we talk about Amazon, you know, their customer driven obsession. It's like, I bet you they get asked about this like a thousand times a day. Like I'd really, really great if I could export my Salesforce service desk, whatever uh, data so I can do some more reporting. And I don't think this is ever going away. There's always this like, no, no, we'll just keep all the data and build the reports for you. No, you won't. Let me short circuit that. You won't. There will always be a need to export the data into a CSV or, you know, even better, like some nice API JSON format and then take that data and, you know, do some type of analysis with it. That's never going to end. I don't, I'm convinced that a thousand years from now, people will still be doing that. <laughs> I'll still be converting JSON to other formats. But amen, brother. Amen. I'll be cramming into MongoDB. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Google Cloud, uh, the CEO, our man, Thomas Curran, he, he announced officially that Isto is going to a foundation. So I read the article. I guess the, the missing Was piece it? of information here was... Which didn't announce the foundation, but more importantly, I think for listeners of this show, what we what you really want to listen to is governance. That is what you hear about, right? What will be the governance model? Yeah, but I think we'll take him at his word. It seems like there was just like reading between the lines there. Maybe there was a lot of discussion at Google of like if Istio was a strategic advantage to keep themselves. It seems like they have decided that's not going to be the case, and they will put in a foundation. I'm guessing they'll come out with like some type of a neutral governance a model and we'll all feel good about adopting Istio in the future. That's again, we're, this is, we're going to be optimistic today, Matt. And I believe okay. that's what's going to happen. What are, <laughs> gonna, what are your quiet. thoughts? <laughs> You're not so sure, huh? No, no, no. I, I was just going to say, you know, the, the Istio foundation, part of the alphabet group, no, right? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that'll happen. I think the, they'll, they'll probably find, you know, it'll, it'll end up somewhere with a minimal amount of, you know, control exerted. We'll see so, CNCF. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to we'll ask Chris, our friend uh, Chris over at the CNCF. See, maybe he'll give us like some secret. Are they talking? Are they negotiating? Are they negotiating a governance well, model? I mean, you can shop it around, right? It's yeah. like, you know, do you want to go to Eclipse? Do you want to go to Linux? Do you want to go to, you know, CNCF? Like do you want to go Foundation shopping. I like it. Foundation shop till you find the one who will, you know, give you what you want, you right. know? We're, we'll uh, do the stack, right thing. Right? We know they're going to do the right thing. Do the right thing. Make us all feel good about it. Because everyone just wants to use Istio. Like, let's just make it easy, right? Actually, you want to use really nothing until it gets complicated, and then you want to use Istio, right? I think that's no, that was a no, couple episodes ago. You, you just want to consume it from your cloud provider and oh, not worry. That's about actually it. true. That's actually true. No one wants to install any of this. All right. And the other news. So I'm actually been interested in this because I've been been real close to doing some stuff on Anthos. So Google Anthos is now generally available for AWS. So listen, maybe this will be like a cliffhanger. I'm trying to work on a project where we're going to try to do this. I'm interested and I'm excited to see how it all works. So assuming it all works and everyone's uh, happy with it and I can uh, share some details, maybe I'll come back and I'll tell you what happened. But I think, I don't know, I'm really interested to see how Bye Anthos me. is... Uh, Adopted, and I think you know we always talk about strategy on this show. It's like clearly, this is a place where I don't expect AWS to immediately come out with something equivalent, right? Because AWS is pretty clear that they want everything inside of their world, and Anthos is really an integration management platform, right, between multi clouds, and one of them being AWS. So it's real interesting to see how this all works and what the uptake is. So I think I think that's our cliffhanger. Stay tuned. Oh. <laughs> Uh, but you, you really think this is something you can like uh, follow up on next week? No, no. That'll probably be like, stay <laughs> like, tuned for stay like another tuned. six, Two seven months. Years. <laughs> hey, listen, you're a committed listener to Software for My Talk, right? Like it's it's going to happen. Don't don't rush. We're going to get to it. We'll know. come back to it. Uh, I'll remember. I'll set a reminder. Don't worry. Um, and then uh, just a couple quick things here. I think, uh, you know, 
IBM, they announced earnings. You know, we always talk about IBM. I think, I think the, the note here was that essentially, uh, I guess, top-line revenue declined, but they beat earnings, right? So it just means that they were managed to, like, you know, make the amount of money by, I guess, cutting costs or something else. I thought one weird, not weird, one interesting fact was over the past 20 years, IBM has bought back $140 billion of its stock, but its current market cap is $105 billion. So I don't know. I just thought it was a cool stat. Some finance guy put that out there. So, so yeah. So IBM, we've talked about them enough. OpenShift, that's the future. We'll see what happens. And then, Matt, you were excited to briefly mention that Apple is reportedly going to launch the 12-core 5-nanometer ARM processor in a 2021 Mac. We're in. This is going to be part of the Christmas episode when we review this processor in detail, I hope. Oh, yeah. Here it comes. Um yeah, I mean, there have, uh, you know, I briefly mentioned the, the Chinese x86 processor and ARM. Um, you know, I was, I was reading an article uh, yesterday about the iPhone SE. Uh, I'm still, still, still looking at it. Right. And, and they, were, they were benchmarking it versus other iPhones. And I guess for grins, they threw in the yeah. benchmarks the against x86. Yeah. x86 and, and you know, uh, it spanked them. Um, it was single core, right? Benchmark. This is the whole thing. We have to give all the caveats. Single core yeah, benchmarks yeah, yeah. don't always uh, indicate real world performance, and there's like a, a thousand this, other disclaimers, right? Yeah, but this was a phone against an i7, um, you know, a fairly recent i7, and uh, you know, it 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 was faster on several benchmarks. It, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's you're not going to replace your your desktop uh, multi you know twelve core system with a phone, um, but you know, the the fact is they were like, this really bodes well for whatever Apple's got planned. Um, you know, this is a, a very fast processor. And if you throw it into a multi-core setup, you know, um, it will be very competitive. I think, I think you know, having <laughs> shown show my age, I remember when Apple transitioned, uh, you know, to, from PowerPC to x86. And that took years of compatibility and shims and trying to get apps recompiled. I mean... Um, I still haven't, I still haven't started using 10.15, 10.16, whatever the, the, the current one is, uh-huh. uh, because I, I tried and there were a bunch of apps that weren't 64 bit. That, yes, that's true. Yes. The, you, know, you, had to, you had to get rid of it. You had to get rid of your, uh, I, I don't know. 32. You're talking about Catalina. I'm on Catalina. Yeah, yeah. I'm right here, baby. 10.15.4. I'm latest, latest, fully yeah, patched. And, and it was hard to, well, I'm on fully patched 1014 it's still supported <laughs> i know I'm just but 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 you know just getting people off a 32-bit was hard mm-hmm. and now we're talking about changing instruction sets again um it's going to take a while uh for for the 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 um arms 64-bit arm to work well for the mac ecosystem um and so you know probably there'll be an, an, another emulation layer. Uh, Apple will have to do a lot of reaching out to engineers and developers to get them to port their stuff over. And some of them will decide that it's not worth it. Um, that happened last time with the PowerPC stuff. But apparently, you know, there's a lot of upside to this. Uh, you know, faster, faster, and less power consumption. Yeah, bit, which better means, battery. I imagine. Can yeah. you imagine having like a. I guess a laptop or notebook that goes like two or three days. Well, that would be pretty cool. Be like, that'd be nice. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's stay tuned. That's a that's a preview of the 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 all arm and uh, instruction set episode. We'll be doing this later this year. Where Matt and I just uh, I'm in. We go I am. In. We go. We go deep. You know. I can go deep. <laughs> I got a I got an unhealthy Raspberry Pi obsession. So, 
Yeah, we need to get the our friends at uh, Oxide come over, and they can like you know we just go. Everyone go deep on hardware. So, all right. Well, listen, we uh, we're lucky enough to have great listeners. We got some uh, some feedback this week, and um, some people actually emailed in for some stickers. So I sent some stickers to Aaron and Sydney. I'm sure Matt. I'm sure you know him. That's oh, your we're neighbor. neighbors. Everyone yeah. knows each other there. We got an anonymous person that wrote in to comment. Um, that he likes the format of the show, and he, he, he thinks the person that gave us a bad review was incorrect, and he said, <laughs> so I appreciate that. I can't uh, – his uh, email was very funny, but it's, it's just not it's – not, uh, it's not show material. I won't read it, but I'll just say that well, – How um, anonymous can it be? <laughs> uh, well, no, it's anonymous, but it's just uh, – the language. He, he uses a uh-huh. lot of interesting language. I won't subject everyone to it, but it was good. I actually quite enjoyed so, it. And so he said uh, – he said so I'll just say it. Like he said he's, he said he's Dude Mark in Brampton, close to Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So I'll just – so thank you. Thank you, dude, Mark. And he said, uh, and again, I respect this. He said that he gave the show four stars because he never gives five stars. I respect that. Hey, you, you want to keep that extra star out? You never know when you're going to see something you've never seen before and be like, that's the fifth star. So I like it. <laughs> uh, and we also sent some stickers to Dan in the UK. Um, he's made uh, listening to Software Defined Talk as part of his routine, as we hope it's part of your routine. All right. Well, I don't know. I mean, we have a list of conferences here. I don't know if any of them are going to ha- happen other than their virtual <laughs> events. I know ChefCon's going to go virtual. That's June 2nd, 2020. Uh, yep, our yep. friends at Mongo, they're having a virtual event. MongoDB. Uh, dot live on June 9th and 10th, 2020. So you can check those out for sure. And then maybe these uh, other conferences um, will happen. So they're listed, they're listed there. But Matt, with all that said, what is your recommendation this week? Uh, so I have uh, uh, my first recommendation is um, uh, Yeti. They they make some fine cups. <laughs> Yeti. Uh, just, just, Matt, just this Justin, Yeti cups and mugs. Like it. You know, <laughs> right on I, trend. I, I've, I have been using mine like every single day and uh, I had a, a birthday recently and picked up uh, an orange mug, um, the like a big traveler mug, and it's exactly the same size as the uh, the other, I don't know, traveler cups that they have. That mm-hmm. I, it was a 24 ounce. Mm-hmm. So the, the lids were interchangeable. It's the nice little details and it's just That's a nice. you know well-made thing that I'm going to be drinking out of that cup forever. And then, you know, I've got my, my massive 32 ounce uh, water glass. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my only tip is keep the plastic lid on because uh, I chipped my tooth. On. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, that's going to leave a mark. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. So, so I take back my recommendation. <laughs> no, it's just, you know, it's nice to have things that uh, feel durable and uh, built to last. All right, good, um, Yeti. I mean, yeah, once you get my experience has been once you get a tumbler like one of those, then somehow like you end up with like fifteen. They just start showing up. Like people, I'm up to four now. It's just like I, I, yeah, I've uh, got my DevOps Days Austin one from a few years back. I've got, uh, I've got, um, I got two, <laughs> one for my birthday with my initials on it. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody needs that, right? Hey, quick with tip my, for. For the listeners, if you have a uh, one of those nice Yeti tumblers, what I do is I put a software defined talk sticker on mine. That way, everyone knows that one's mine. So that's a good use for stickers. And if you don't have any stickers, email your postal address to stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com, and I will send you a sticker anywhere in the world. So, all right. So Matt's um, you know drinking out of his Yeti. Uh, I guess while I'm drinking out of my Yeti, I've been watching HBO's uh, Westworld. So this is the third season. I really like the first season. I was I watched the second season, which I think I liked, but was completely confused. I never really understood yeah. what happened. 
but this year, I think people are not as excited about season three. I am because it's simpler. It's so far the show has been very relatively easy to follow. Uh, you don't necessarily have to know all the backstories or know on season two. So I've just enjoyed like some escapist sci-fi that's relatively simple. You don't have to spend uh, hours in the Reddit threads trying to figure out like what exactly is going on. Now maybe the show will become like that in the, the final part of the season, but so far it's just been very yeah. clear to me like what's going on. Maybe maybe you're missing all the Easter eggs and yeah. That's what they want you to believe. But I'm okay. You know, even even if that is the case, because that has been thrown out, I'm okay with it because I'm I'm just enjoying it. I'm enjoying it because I don't know there's another level. Now, at the mm-hmm. end of the show, and maybe it'll make a great rewatch if they're like, oh, in season two, what this really meant was X, Y, Z. But like, but yep. the problem with season two with uh, Westworld is I, I was like, I literally, I, I, I could not. I even listened to some of the podcasts. And like, I'm not afraid to read about a show to understand it. I was like, I am still not getting it. I'm still not what's going on in season two. So I like it. They simplified it. So season three. So if you just want some escapist entertainment, check it out. Mm. All right. Well, with that, again, we want to thank our sponsor, Strong DM. Everyone go make sure they check out their product. And with that, we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.